All right. How's everybody doing? We are here with the Crown of Life Bible Church podcast. Super excited. Uh, this is something we've all been wanting to do for a good while. My name is Reverend Steve, and uh, I got with me today one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Deacon at our church, uh, Deacon Bo. Uh, can you hear me, buddy? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Wonderful. Oh, yeah, we got you. We're tuned in. All right. So uh, I just wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way first. So this entire podcast is being helped by Top K9. Okay, T-O-P-K-9 in Canton, Ohio. If for any reason you need to get a hold of Top K-9 for any of your uh, dog training needs. Well, it sounds like we have a whole lot of background noise going on. We got ourselves a dog right behind. Uh, Paul, come seems, here, buddy. Uh, seems Bo here. So, uh, very unfortunately, Apollo seems to be going crazy. So, nothing wrong with that. Well, um, advertisement don't help, huh? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and get a hold of us at uh, 330-990-9556 or 330-575-7450. You'll be able to get a hold of Top Canine and uh, whatever it is uh, necessary in the dog world you need, get a hold of them. All right. So, uh, really excited to be here. Um, something about this podcast I was really uh, wanting to focus in on. Um, we're going to talk a lot about uh, end times. We're going to talk a lot about esoteric things. We're going to talk a whole lot about uh, Bibles and Bible translations. I mean, we're just going to get into a whole bunch of different uh, topics. So uh, right now, I think uh, maybe Deacon Bo can shed a little bit of light on this. Over here at Crown of Life, we're not King James only. We're King James preferential, if you will. So uh, we do use different translations. So whenever we talk about these types of uh, topics, we will most likely reference in the King James. But as far as a cross-reference go, we do utilize as well the New King James and the Christian Standard Bible to a lesser extent. And... Uh, just to kind of make sure we can get a, get the message across and we can talk thoroughly about a topic to where everyone listening, uh, regardless of where it is in your spiritual life you are, we are able to uh, communicate the information effectively. So uh, that's something we've, again, wanted to make sure everybody understood. So we'll start with that, though. Uh, why is it are we preferential to the King James Bible? Uh, Bo, do you want to go ahead and... Uh, See if you can't start us off. Why is it that you, Bo, and the rest of us here at Crown of Life, why is it that we use the King James? Why we use the King James? That's what the question is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the people well, about to, that. to start, um, one of the easiest things to point out with this King James versus, let's say, your old NIV, is the fact that there's multiple missing verses throughout those Bibles. Um, and that is due to the fact that the individuals who helped translate that Bible, uh, or not the, so sorry, get my words twisted up here. Uh, no, you're all right. <laughs> why don't you take it away first? so I can collect my thoughts. All right. No, that's, that's definitely fair. All right. So I, uh, well, Deacon Bo's doing what he's doing. Uh, I think what he was alluding to is things such as like, uh, Matthew 18, 11 is completely omitted from many of your modern translations um, where it's kept here in the King James, the new King James, and even the modern English version you'll find in the uh, new American standard Bible that it has a parenthesized part. 
But something uh, very interesting about these verses is these are verses that are uh, present in something called the Texas Receptus. The Texas Receptus is the, or not the Alexandrian, I apologize, the Antiochian or the Greek text in which the Byzantine Empire utilized. Um, and it's also, uh, in a lesser extent, uh, kind of influenced by something called the Septuagint. And the Septuagint is the Greek translations of the Hebrew scripture. Okay. It was utilized. It, it did contain the Apocrypha, but we'll get to that, you know, maybe in a whole other segment, but um, the Septuagint itself was a he or the translation of Hebrew scripture into Koine a Greek. Koine a Greek was what was utilized in Jesus's time as one of the most widely spread languages. Um, it was kind of like how English is today, where English is the standard language, where almost everyone you know uh, might know English, even internationally. The same thing could be applied to Koine Greek uh, at that point in time, two millennia ago. And so the Greek-speaking Jews, who never had the opportunity to learn a Semitic language such as Hebrew or Aramaic, uh, utilized the Septuagint as a way to supplement their scripture. So, uh, like I say, it's just a way in which we could understand back then the things of God. So that, along with what would eventually become the Texas Receptus, by, which was translated by a man named Erasmus um, from original languages, uh, is maintained in the King James Bible, which is why it is we see these verses being maintained, such as Matthew eighteen eleven, uh, Acts eight thirty six. These different types of, uh, or is it eight thirty six or eight thirty eight, something like that? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. My apologies, but right here in the in the King James Bible, they are maintained in their full volition. So uh, I think that's something he was really alluding to. And is there any other thoughts you might have on why it is we utilize the King James or Deacon Bo? Oh, uh, I think you nailed it pretty well. Yeah. As you can see, I'm not very good with my words. <laughs> that's all right. You know, uh, it's really, man, what it is, is we're not, um, you know, doing anything different than just talking to the folk and kind of letting them know what we're all about. So we'll, we'll go ahead and hit another uh king james point so the king james if you look is utilized in all the other modern translations a lot of them are uh stating that modernizations or the contemporary language of the king james version of the bible that they seek to improve upon it as if it's not uh great the way it is so you'll see that's why we have things like the new king james they they believe they as in people at thomas nelson the people who published the new king james bible um looked at the king james version of the bible and said okay these these and nows all of this this doesn't make any sense so we're just going to go ahead and uh update it as best we can well you know, if this is utilized as the source material for those modern translations, why would you use the modern translations when the King James Version of the Bible is available to you? You know what I mean? And as soon as you go in here and read, okay, that these and nows, they begin to, to make sense. You, you, you tend to, you know, pick up on certain things and what they mean. And even if not, a quick Google check can really tell you what the yees are for. You know what I mean? And so it's it's not exactly rocket science here, folks. And so when if this is utilized as the standard, why would you go 
to something that is less profound when you have the standard. You know what I mean? And so this Bible right here has been trusted. Okay, now it has been revised a few times. I do understand that. Um, so it's not exactly what it was in 1611. But this Bible translation has been trusted for over 400 years and countless generations um, as their scripture Right, we didn't start seeing modern translations as we know them now until the uh, late 18 to early 1900s. So, and again, those are all just as they are now attempts to modernize the standard, which is the King James. And so, and many of them in in their introductions of the modern uh, modern translations, especially like the NIV, NLT. Um, ESV, these types of Bibles that are most commonly utilized in uh, Western Christianity, you'll find that they always come back to the focal point of the King James Bible. And if it's able to be trusted 400 years ago, and we still have it today, this is able to be trusted. This is what was utilized and what we have now. This is living history in our hands, folks. Um you know, so it's literally just following the footsteps of our forefathers who trusted this Bible through the entirety of their life. They didn't have NIVs, you know, they didn't have uh, CSBs or HCSBs. What they have, they had the King James Bible. Um, now, here's another point I can make is, yes, it's a little bit more difficult, supposedly, in today's uh, language and uh political landscape if you will because you know we can get into that again another topic for another time um but it was able to be understood for 400 years it wasn't until you know the people in which who claim to be scholars decided to tell you that it's too hard for you to understand and therefore many people believe that i mean i find that to be sad i don't know about Bo, but i really find that to be sad you know where just because somebody who has some piece of paper you know what i mean says, look here, you can't understand this. This was made with the common man, okay, in mind, with the everyday Christian in mind. So, I mean, I can keep on heading with the different points as to why it is we utilize this Bible. But, I mean, this is just all around, uh, you know, as best as I can, like I say, explain. But do uh, you have any, uh, you want to throw something else in there for us, Bo? Oh, once again, I don't think you realize how much you truly know. <laughs> you pretty much <laughs> nailed it on the head 100% of the time. Oh, the, give it to give it to God, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, you know, it I can uh I can just keep on hammering in some points about the King James. And if you're still with us, I mean, I applaud you. You know, the, sometimes this kind of type of stuff can get a little bit of dry, but we have to lay a foundation before we can start building, you know, before we can start talking about esoterics and before we can start talking about end times, we have to nail down what the true authority is. You know, we can't begin to do something awesome and begin to embark upon a spiritual walk if we don't have the basis for that you, you know what i mean so it, whenever we begin to talk about these types of things we always going to reference back you have to have a, not only a bible but the right bible okay so in i'm telling you folks there's nothing more under attack besides you know maybe the church um then 
the King James Bible, especially in America, I'm telling you, everybody who I've talked to as far as ministers go in these um, larger denominational uh, churches and even the mega churches that are non-denominational who I've spoken to, they always say the King James is too hard for the masses, that it's too difficult, that it's too archaic, that it doesn't make any sense. I got news for you, people. They they have been brainwashed to understand that this is too difficult. And I just want to ensure that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody who's listening in is getting that. I mean, it's it's not. And we'll, we'll do an entire, maybe an entire episode on the King James, how to read it, how to understand it. It's not, like I say, folks, it's not rocket science. But we wanted to really hammer that down as our first segment because from here on out, you know, we're really going to be utilizing the King James. And like I say, it's not that we're onlyist either. You know, we're not those people who say, if you don't use the King James Bible, you're, I don't know, I, I've heard some arduous claims about hell. I've heard some very interesting things um, from different people from around the world who say, you know, if you don't use the King James Bible, then, you know, you're not a true Christian. Well, I got news for you, okay? If you utilize a Bible of any type and you come to faith in Jesus Christ, and as, um, when I say any type, I mean any of the modern translations, excluding the uh, New World Translation, excluding the Book of Mormon, these types of things. We'll talk about that as well. But if you use any of the modern translations uh, and you come to a faith in Christ, that is not in jeopardy because of your Bible translation that you pick. What is in jeopardy is is now you are responsible for the knowledge that you have obtained and the faith that you have obtained and that knowledge you cannot afford to be without a do without detail. Now where you're going to find the most detail, the most clarity is going to be your King James Bible. Now if you utilize a new King James, that's going to say roughly the same thing in a more modernistic tone. I think that's going to really be helpful for people. Now if you're a baby Christian and you're like, look here, I'm just starting my my walk. I want to really dig into the Bible but don't know where to start. Try the Christian Standard Bible. Okay, uh give that a give that a whirl. You can find that most uh most of your big uh Bible and bookstores and things of the nature. So you can go to any of those, uh, you know, your Barnes and Nobles. You can go to Lifeway.com and pick yourself up. Any of these three translations are pretty popular and common to find. And the King James is um, public domain. So you could actually just go Google search uh, King James Bible and find, you know, PDF upon PDF of just the King James translation of the Bible. So uh, really would encourage you guys to make sure you have some type of a solidified uh, Bible in your possession, um, preferably physically. But if not, you know, you can also go to the Bible app, have access to all three of those translations for free. Um, and anytime we talk about these things, like we're going to get into the signs of the end times here, here pretty quick with, uh, with Deacon Bo, he's going to break this kind of down for us here. And, He's going to tell you it's in, it's going to be Matthew 24, you know, and going to give certain verses. Now, uh, he's going to start reading from the King James. But like I say, if you have any of these other Bibles or if you're having a little bit of trouble, that is OK. And that's what we're here for. And, you know, if there's something that comes out, you know, like the word pestilence or something like that, we'll, we'll go ahead and explain those words that uh, we know are going to be 
rendered differently or that are missing altogether in the modern translations for our listeners out there. So, uh, so we're going to have Deacon Bo. If you want to go ahead um, and kind of break down the signs of the times, I know this is one of his. He's our. Uh, I like to jokingly call him our resident amateur eschatologist. He he really enjoys end times and things like this. So I would really wanted to have him break that down for us, give us an idea. So you don't mind doing that? Oh, sure. So, uh, all right. So we are in Matthew 24, as he said. Um, Now, this is the first time where the term Great Tribulation is used by Jesus, and you can find Mm -hmm. that in Matthew 24, verses 15, or verse 15. Um, Um, So he is basically... Uh, giving his uh, disciples a breakdown of what's going to happen and what's there to look out for. And, sorry, got a little scratch in my throat. Um, So, basically, that's what's going on with that, is he is giving them the signs of the end, which are um, stated in It's hard for me to read this tiny print. I should bring out my bigger one. It's Matthew 24, verse 7, um, where it says, uh, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. So these are things that must take place, is what uh, Reverend Steve was kind of telling you those signs to look out for, really. Um, and we at Chrono Life believe that we will be here for all seven years due to Matthew, uh, 24 verse 29, where it says immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of, uh, the heavens shall be shaken. And then in verse 30, it goes on and says, and then shall appear a sign of the son of man in heaven. <clears throat> and then, uh, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming, uh, in the clouds of heaven with the power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And I believe Steve, um, you kind of have a better idea of where that one verse is at, where everybody goes to, and they talk about that this will all happen before the rapture, will happen before the tribulation, before the mark of the beast. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for, you know, like I say, that's a whole different uh, Oh yeah, you know, going enough. at, you know. I mean, if we want to pinpoint for, for everybody, how about we start like how you had in uh, 24-7. 24-7? Okay. Yeah. So it's talking about for nation to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Now, what what does that mean if you want to explain that to us? So one of the words in here that's kind of hard for people to understand, especially myself when I started reading this, was the word pestilences. And that is 
a sickness brought on by God. Pretty much is what that word is meaning. And basically, nation against nation and king against kingdom is kind of like civil discourse and also like on in even on a bigger scale as well all over the world. All right. Well, uh, you know, I wanted to really show this as well. This for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There is a Greek word in there that is, I do believe, it's like ethnos. You know, you'll have to forgive my pronunciation. I haven't studied this stuff in a long time, so <laughs> bear with me here as I completely butcher some of these things. But uh, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Now, what that Greek word that I butchered just previously actually means is uh, almost like ethnic group versus ethnic, the same ethnic group. Or uh, we can even do tribe against tribe. You know what I mean? So it's people fighting against themselves. So and we see that everywhere, don't we? You know? We see that all over the place. I mean, look at today's political landscape. We have people turning on each other. We have people uh, hating one another. You know, it also says in, in here that love of many will, go cro- will grow cold. And that's definitely something that's 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 happening. So uh, we see that happening, this nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, all over the place. And there shall be famines, pestilences earthquakes in diverse places and all these things are the beginning of sorrows i really want to point something out here and i don't know if uh deacon bose really heard anything like this but and this just came to me this just came right into my head you know a thought uh so it says that there shall be famines pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places so famines and pestilence are two of the horsemen of the apocalypse in, in the book of revelation okay so that, I find that to be interesting. So pestilence, earthquakes are both causes of death. It, I don't know. I'm, I might be on to something there. I'm going to go ahead and study that out. But yeah, I mean, that, that might be something, something interesting. But yeah, so and it says, and there shall be famines. We know what a famine is, right? Lack of food. Okay, there's not going to be enough food for uh, to be able to be supplied for everybody around the world. Pestilence, we see that. Okay, COVID-19, let's be real. All right, pestilence, that's the form of a plague or uh, a hardship, right? So pestilence, we see that. Earthquakes in diverse places everywhere, by the way, everywhere. We see er- there was an earthquake uh, just today in Croatia that has I mean, desecrated part of that entire country. So that's everywhere. We see that. And that's like I say, that's just today. Keep your eyes open. You'll find uh, stories of earthquakes everywhere, even here in the U.S. Um, But the important thing to point out, since we we pretty much hit these tick marks is what verse eight says. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Right. So we haven't hit the tribulation. We haven't hit anything yet. This is just preliminary to the things that are to come. It's that's pretty important to keep in the back of your mind is yes, we're talking about these things. Yes. These things are right here. They're physically seen. We, they're tangible. We can uh, reference this in the news. If with just a quick Google search, but the thing is, is verse eight says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. So, 
you know, it's not even coming down to the to the wire yet. You know, it's all it's just now beginning. So, uh, would you have anything to add on to that, there, Deacon Bo? <clears throat> Yes, a, a couple things. Sure. Uh, now, in other Bibles, it will say in uh, labor pains. Mm. And as we know, with labor, as as the pro- the progression of the pregnancy gets closer to the due date, the pains of labor get worse and worse and worse. And that's kind of what in here is going on. And he's trying to tell us everything is, this is the start. And it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. from there on and also just like in a little example of of uh, 12 which is because iniquity shall be abound the love of many shall wax cold uh try going into a store and not wearing a mask or forgetting it yeah yeah i mean that's that's pretty applicable <laughs> uh, i mean can you imagine that just walk into a store with no mask on the I mean, oh yeah, they'll kick you out. Oh, absolutely, they'll have a mini, you know, heart attack just right then and there. Oh no, you don't have a mask on. Bad news. And it's very unfortunate. I do know people who have passed away from this virus. Oh yeah. Um, and they have all worn masks. So isn't that something? Yeah, and I mean, I'm not knocking anybody who wears them. Oh no. But but this these are just the facts. They they've done everything they've needed to do. Yet they've still contracted this virus. So are the masks really working? The Pfizer vaccine that we see is causing people to contract. Like I don't know if it's Bell's palsy or if it's just facial paralysis. But I mean I don't know about you, but I'm not into any of that. You can keep that away from me. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> You know, there's a reason, you know, the entirety of England is like, look here, you know, be careful this, you know, be careful this vaccine. We kind of just put it through and, you know, they're like, oh, man, you know, we gave to a bunch of people and they had this horrible allergic reaction. It caused these, you know, these bad news to go on, you know, and uh, yeah, that people seem to forget that they cut the metaphorical red tape. To get this out as fast as possible. So there were definitely corners cut. To get this out. Because whoever gets it out first. And it works. Is going to make that coin. Absolutely. I mean. They're loving money. And you want to talk about the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. You know. They'll try and convince you. Oh they're doing this for the best of. Uh, best, best of the people. Nah. They're doing it for the best of their pocketbook. They're doing it for the best just to make themselves look good. I mean, I, I ain't saying that it's completely void of, you know, any type of charity. But I got news for you. This vaccine's not free. You know how many millions nope. and billions of dollars went into developing this vaccine? And these- Your dollars. Oh, dude, it's insanity. You know what I mean? And just think about the Spanish flu. Uh, in was it 1917, 1918? How long yes, did it right after World War II or one? Yeah, it, I mean, how long did it take those people to get somewhere to where they are now okay? It took them a long time, and we have modern technology, you know. And uh, yeah, we have this vaccine out now, we pushed it through, and all these things, and 
It's going to be great, but then all of a sudden it mutates. You know, mm-hmm. it's like taking a left turn when you're, you know, I hate to use this, but, you know, like if you're running from the cops, you took a left turn into the forest and they lose you. That's kind of what happened. Um, you know, we were hunting it down with this vaccine. All of a sudden it takes a hard left into territory unknown. So who knows what this is going to look like in 2021, but I have no idea. But And I, and it's definitely real. I want to state that now. It is, there's many people out there, especially in the Christian community, that believe this to be fake. And it's real. But the facts are, many of the things that, that we're doing, such as the masks, when, when you're going out to the store and you buy a mask from Walmart, let's say, from that little bin that they got with all the masks in it, flip it over. And read what it says, because it will say on it, and Steve can attest to this, because we did it the one day we were at the Walmart. It says, not for medical use, not intended for medical use. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it does say that. Like, hold on here. I uh, I have a pack of them right here. Here we go. Let me see. Yeah, look. I'm looking at the back of some uh, masks I just bought not too long ago. Um, they're disposable ones, you know, with the blue and the white. And I'm looking on the back. This oh, yeah. is made in Mexico. And then right right above it, it says, this is not a medical device. Discard mask after use. Do not reuse mask. So, And we keep reusing them. Oh, yeah. And you can't wash those ones. Nope. Can't wash those ones. And at my work, they gave us KN95s. And guess where those are made, Steve? Where's that? China. Uh oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey man, it's all here, loud and clear. So I mean, if you uh-huh. really look at it, you know, uh, we we can't really trust too much of anything anymore. <laughs> and oh, I definitely agree with that. You know, and I, it wouldn't shock me if the mask stuff is all a ploy. To be honest with you, um. Just to make people feel like they're doing something to make them feel safe, you know. Uh, statistics show, okay, we're in Ohio. Statistics show that, you know, it, there's the governor sent out a uh, task force to over 50% of the state, okay, 50% of the counties in the state, I should say. And this task force job is to go to retail establishments and confirm or deny that they are following the guidelines in which were set out by the state of Ohio to be followed in order to curb the coronavirus, you know, pandemic. And I say that with quotations. Um, So they went out Hmm. there to all these retailers and they said that over 90%, which is more than they ever expected, over 90% of the retail establishments in the uh, counties that were surveyed in Ohio were following these uh, guidelines put out by the Ohio Department of Health, okay, the di- the social distancing, mask wearing, all those types of fun things. But in contrast to that, there has been a spike in uh, coronavirus cases. That's when we've seen, you know, the, what was it, 300% increases. And so these 300% increases took place while they were following these guidelines, which that is a statistical anomaly, supposedly, again. And it shows that things like masks and social distancing are not 
working. It's impossible. So really, all these things are are ways to make you feel like you're doing something and you're just not. I mean, they say numbers, they don't lie, man. And these, nope. these come straight from the governor. So at least in this thing, you know, there's no way for us to actually confirm that these things are working because the statistics are going backwards. They're saying it doesn't work. So what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, and they want you to keep doing it. And now we got Sleepy Joe coming in, you know. Mm -hmm. And what's he want to do? The first thing he does when he gets in, mask mandate, non-negotiable. Oh, yeah. In a four to six week shutdown of, I don't know about all, but pretty much more than more. most of those businesses that were considered essential this time, the last time around, won't be this time around. Oh, yeah. And that is not good for the economy. No, sir. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tank us and tank us hard. But you know, Well, and that's the thing. That first uh, time we did that with all the unemployment, how much more we went into debt. If, if we do that again, we're just going to sink farther and farther. We are. And you guys got to understand, you know, for the listeners out there, this is all biblical prophecy. This is all written mm-hmm. that this is going to happen. You know, that's what the pestilence is. That's what a pestilence is. It is a type of a plague. And this is caused, you know. And now think of it like this. When we have this pestilence, okay, that it's talking about Matthew 24, we go back to famine, right? These two things counteract each other. They, they One causes the other, I should say. And so we have this pestilence of the coronavirus, and that has made it difficult for farmers to harvest crops which make a uh, famine something that is possible um, because there's no way for them to harvest the entirety of what they have to their crops are just going to you know i've i've seen this this was on all types of news sources and agricultural uh, the department of agriculture put out a study on this it is not sustainable for uh, the united states to just omit all these crops that they had to this year because of the lack of manpower, which was due to the pandemic. So, I mean, folks, this is words in red. There shall be famines and pestilences. Well, both of these things are here. Earthquakes. These are here like the one in Croatia, like I was talking about earlier. And it's in diverse places. That means, you know, very, you know, varied places throughout the the world. So, I mean, what, what else could we want (laughs) it's in front of our faces man you know um and even if we go back even farther you know that whole nation rise against nation kingdom against kingdom seriously look at the disobedience happening in, in the united states okay if you go beyond race what are we looking at we're all americans right and yeah how has the political landscape divided us down the middle you know, now it's almost like left and right, you know, ha, pun intended. But, you know, it's it's just it's separating us. It's driving a wedge. And you even see, uh, you know, professing Christians dividing themselves. OK, almost like a, a church split between one political party and, the, and another. So. I mean, this is this is happening in front of our faces. We can see that it's nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. 
Now, it's I don't I don't know how to how to make that any more apparent. I mean, it's 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 there. Whether you voted for Joe Biden or Donald Trump or nobody or for some reason that has become the standard in which we judge people. You know? Oh yeah. Senators... If you vote for Trump, oh yeah. You're a racist. If you vote for Biden, you're a communist. Right. And that's not always the case. And that is not always the case. It, you know, I don't understand why it is we have to put labels on people for who they did and did not vote for. I don't understand how that's applicable. You know, it, you remember when back in the day it wasn't a big deal. Exactly. <laughs> you just did it. You, it. Right. You know, and you didn't have this big hissy fit. You didn't go and tell all your buddies and your neighbors, hey, I voted for this guy. You know. Yeah, and if they ask you, either tell them or you didn't. Right. It's and it wasn't a big deal, regardless of who you voted for. Anymore, it's oh my gosh, and you get the scowls, and you'll lose literal friendships over such a thing, which is quite sad. Oh, it's horrible. You see it all the time. But I mean, you you just do, man, and it's you know it's Americans turning on ourselves on Americans. It's it's not it's not good, man. But uh, who knows? You know what? Though it's we've almost reached our time limit here, Bo. And uh, is there any closing thoughts you have going on? Um, I would definitely recommend that you guys go back and you kind of look at some of this stuff that we talked about today. Um, take this tribulation stuff starting in twenty four. It starts in fifteen. Some of the stuff that he's going to talk about. Uh, go back to Daniel nine twenty seven. You know, where it kind of like is like the pre this, and then go find it further and do your own research. Yeah, in order to prepare. Yeah, that's that's something we really emphasize is don't take what we say, you know, to be absolute. Just um, always go and go back, reference, and check in your own Bibles and. You know what I mean? Just so that way uh, you know, as the people at home, uh, what it is we're talking about and where is it in the Bible. And so that way it, it matches, you know, because you don't want to, oh, so-and-so said this, and then all of a sudden it's not actually in there. Well, go back and, and double-check us, and if we if you see a discrepancy, I mean, shoot, let us know. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, we we would love to to have that discussion and to see you know what exactly we've you know if something was ever messed up. But yeah, I I will go ahead and uh, play out with some worship music. We'll put on some of the uh, music of the or Crowder, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, who knows really. I mean, it's just what what we're feeling. Um, I was thinking maybe uh, some oceans or. Something like that, but we'll definitely have you guys go out and worship with us. So, uh, again, thanks for sticking around, and we're, we'll go ahead and uh, publish episode two after because this is episode one. Episode two would uh, come out, and like I say, we'll, in a couple of days, most likely. So, all right, folks, we will see you guys in a couple of days. God bless. <laughs>